Greyhound to trap one. Over. Thank you very much for downloading the Trap One podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Denise. And I'm Keith. Where's Colin? I knew someone was missing. Oh, <sighs> this is typical. Sorry, I'm coming. Sorry, sorry. I've been stuck at Dover for 19 years trying to smuggle in a time manipulator. We've uh, been waiting for you. Yeah, well. You know, how long has it been for you? We've been waiting, like, a few minutes. Oh, well, it's been 19 years for me, really, so why don't we just no, gloss no, over that completely you've, you've and carry really, on? You've really let us down. You've let us Very all well. down. Professional, so unprofessional. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the podcast then. I'm, I'm going to have a 19-minute scene with all of you to slowly write myself out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, Colin. Hello, Hi. Colin. Hello, guys. So we're here today to discuss Revolution of the Daleks. Finally, some new Doctor Who on the telly. Yes. yes. Very welcome. And we open with a Star Wars riff. Slightly I unusual. thought it was a Halloween writing from the, the movie. It's like the uh, orange letters on the uh, black background. It looked like the Halloween font. I was a bit confused which season I was in for a minute. <laughs> you know it's going to be a big episode where when they start describing locations with large text. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. quite a chivalrous thing, that, isn't it? isn't it quite wittily done though I thought yeah yeah and I think well, this was a long time ago it's I mean I don't know how much of that was written at the time and, and maybe how much has been written more recently but obviously 2019 does feel like an extraordinarily long time ago uh, due to the events of 2020 oh yes I don't know if that was originally in the script or whether that's something that's been tweaked later but uh, did you see that GCHQ had tweeted again yes they did no, yes. I didn't see this. Yeah, Apologising for the mess up with the Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was hardly their fault, was it? Well, blame culture. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, so the uh, the Dalek was stolen by a tea lady um, at, a, at a roadside thing. I wasn't sure at first whether that was part of some master plan or whether that was just... Uh, sort of a sedate Fast and the Furious, and that was how they they hijacked the vans uh, instead of the high speed car chases. I was horrified he drank his tea without blowing on it. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel a little bit kind of like, oh, I, okay, right. I know this is gonna. I know what's happening quite quite quickly, um, but it also felt like, uh, you know, how much effort. Well, I guess they're professionals, so it's like, right, this truck is leaving at this time, going on this road. When will this guy uh, need to drink something? Let's calculate it and let's put something exactly in the right location. Um, so that's that's it. Doesn't make any sense. Terrible episode. <laughs> or no, maybe uh, burger van full of assassins. <laughs> yeah. It um, was explainable because <laughs> at first I thought it was. Um, I thought the. Uh, the lady was just maybe like um, a supporting actor who didn't really know what to do once she'd served the tea. I thought it was a bit sort of odd the way she was just sort of watching. Um, and I thought, oh, they haven't got a very good performance out of her, have they? But then you realise that she's actually watching for a reason. Uh, it, it made sense, so that, that was cool. No, instantly at that point, I just thought, oh, okay, right, okay. Yeah, because she was looking too much. I mean, I must, I mean, just getting ahead of ourselves, I think, like, the performances in this were great. Just yeah. all round great. Definitely Just nailed it from everyone. Very very strong performances indeed. Yes. Also, um, the old Tardis door sound effect in the uh, in the fam's Tardis. But they didn't go through the door. It bugs me. The last time as well, they've got this. So you can obviously see there's like the double doors in one wall, but they seem to come through a different way. Because it's a house, I suppose they sort of go into a hall first, and then they go into the living room. Which oh, of course, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It made sense in my head. Yes. Yes, it was. Now that was a funny bit of the 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 last ep- the episode before that is. You know, uh, the, the TARDIS chameleon circuit, the first thing it does is disguise itself as a, a Barrett house from 1999, you know. How brilliant uh, for kids, though. They can pretend their house is a TARDIS. That's brilliant for them. Mm. It, it's good. 
It is really good. And adults who are nearly 50, you should know better. Yeah. But yeah, I did I, I did notice that door sound effect. I just rewatched it just before um, we're talking now. And I was like, oh, yeah, very good. But it sort of felt like, you know, Colin Baker's about to walk in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that, that... a perfect episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that TARDIS is in Sheffield as well, because it's something I was wondering about when we watched the trailer, was where it had landed, but it's obviously it's in, within walking distance for Ryan and Graham to go and visit it to uh, to speak to Yaz. So she's spending all this time doing this uh, research of the TARDIS. Do we think she's left the police now? It looks like it, doesn't it? I think she's... I mean, all right, let, I mean, what, what don't we sort of go deep on the Yaz aspect now is look I mean she, her entire life is the Doctor mm. and she loves it she's obsessed with it in the, in the Timeless Children like she's the first one to go right let's cross the threshold into Gallifrey I'm you know boom I'm, I'm there and she's all in for this adventure she's spectacular fun with Jack like taking him sort of down a peg or two a little bit but it's in a friendly kind of way um, this, the, you know, you know, I, um, I can be completely happy with just the two of them from now on. Oh, well, um, and we'll get to the new person later, I guess. But I'm, uh, you know, that's that's her obsession. That's her life. I've just rewatched the episode in 4K, and it is absolutely magnificent. If anyone gets a chance to do it, and. Um, I can't read a fucking thing on any of the post-it notes, so it could have been <laughs> anything. Uh, there were drawings as well, weren't there? Were there? I'm sure. I'm sure there yes, was really like a, a drawing of one of the panels on the uh, console. Right. As was in the days of Doctor Who Confidential, we would have got a bit of a tour of that set, probably, wouldn't we? And, and seen a bit, seen some close-ups there. Um, but I suppose she doesn't need a job if she's got a TARDIS. She'll have the food machine. She'll have yeah. expansive wardrobes and all the rest of it. Cocktail lounge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all the needs are taken care of. Um, and, and as with arachnids in the UK, um, it doesn't occur to her to arrest people who are carrying guns in the UK, <laughs> <laughs> which is completely illegal, let alone drawing them on people and, and threatening them. That didn't even occur to me. That's worrying, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I thought the same thing with Arachnids in the UK. She's a serving police officer. Um, was it Kevin was uh, was Robertson's bodyguard in that one, I think? He's waving his gun around. Well, his bodyguards were fairly rubbish. It took them ages to arrive. It, it, it occurred to me that that would have been um, uh, sort of an opportune point for the doctor to arrive. Um, you know, if, they were, if, if Robertson had said, you know, take them away and shoot them, Tardis could have materialised around them or, um, or between them and the, the gunman. Well, that's so 2018 or whatever it was. So <laughs> those innocent days. <laughs> but, but but I mean, what do we think, guys? Is this a um, a spectacular episode? Is it a um, you know a, a little bit of a, I mean a remix of other things? Is it one of our favourites in terms of is it the you know the compared to other. Christmas specials or New Year specials? How does it rank with everyone? Um, well, for me, it ticked a lot of boxes because everything made so much sense <laughs> um, for you know life in the Western world and specifically the UK and the USA these days. The the reason for developing the Dalek creatures, what they are going to be used for, how they are going to be used, and by whom, that was all. Yes, 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 I can absolutely see that happening. The fact that the the Daleks had water cannon, and we remember when Boris Johnson was mayor of London. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. From London, from Germany, and he was that. not allowed to use them because they were in breach of human rights. And, um, you know, you could just absolutely see that happening. The little panacea that they're solar-powered. You know, but on the other hand, look at those Daleks. When I saw those Daleks for the first time, I said to David, they are sexy Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> I thought absolutely beautiful. What did you guys think? Maybe not sexy, but you know. I want one. I can't wait for the toy to come out, the bound to, and uh, 
Mark, your mission will be to do every B&M in the uh, yeah. city. <laughs> find them. Find them. <laughs> It's funny because when I first saw them, my, my reaction was, oh, it's like an eye Dalek. It, it looks very much like modern technology. And Robertson has the line in this that it's the it's the iPhone of, of security drones security, or something like yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think, it, well, I think the design is awesome. They're kind of a little bit taller. They're not like the Victory of the Dalek ones. Like they are really kind of sharp and the, the sort of coloured lights. Oh, they're uh, lights. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I thought it was brilliant. So the one thing that sort of bugged me about, you know, a little bit before seeing this episode is is um, uh, John Barrowman did post a photo of him with the original sort of gold-looking Daleks from the, from you know, from the, the new series coming back. And I kind of thought, oh, okay, it's, it's the, it's um, Dalek racial cleansing again. And it was. So that was a little bit of a spoiler for me, but you know that's fine, whatever. Um, just kind of put two together, but yes, no, the Dalek design was excellent, and that's good. I mean, and, and I guess the other thing is like this is a like a multi-year Dalek story, uh, and I'm liking this. I'm liking the so the uh, resolution was one Dalek and it's deadly, and it, it, it's this concept whereby the more Daleks they have, you have, the shitter they are. Right there, you know. Uh, whereas, and, and whereas uh, the, the original Dalek, the one Dalek, the Scout Dalek or whatever it was, did a whole load more damage. Whereas the these Daleks, I mean, this is my main criticism of this episode. As actually, I have a few, but that they didn't do very much, and you didn't really need to see. You didn't really get to see what they were doing. It, it was just a lot of people. Well, yes, but not really. It, it, it didn't. It's not like the Dalek episodes of before, where they're in it for a lot longer. And so, to, so, so to me, this episode should not have been called "Revolution of the Daleks." It should have been called "Your Future Is in Safe Hands," which was one of the promo posters for this episode, because I think that really plays to this. The, the, the what Denise you were saying around um, the sort of uh, well, frankly, Pretty Patel and uh, <laughs> Theresa May era of the Home Office, do you know, and, that, and that's exactly what they, the way they would spin stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of thought um, they, the the Daleks were utilised in it, but it was really a character piece. The whole thing, it was. I mean, there's the, the so many extended scenes. Some, I mean, like the Ryan scene. In the TARDIS is ten minutes, I think. You yeah, know, especially it's complete without a really long, long Ryan scene. Farther <laughs> <laughs> the previous time, and now this time. Yes, uh, I'd say this one was better. I still find the other one quite tedious, whereas this one sort of like uh, made. Oh, I like this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I like first. Last time it was in the middle of the episode, wasn't it? Um, it, it slowed things down a bit when he has that heart to heart with his dad. Yes, I think there's always like they forgot what editing was for. Yeah. Yes, that is that is one thing. It's like they slam the brakes on, and suddenly you're in an episode of EastEnders, yeah. <laughs> and then you go back to the, the Daleks and the evil businessman. I think, um, like, like you said, uh, it's it's been given added resonance with the events of this year that have happened, probably. <laughs> Since the episode was written, the the ideas about crowd control and things like that, um, you know, since we've seen the the Black Lives Matter protests all over the world and, and the way that, you know, they've been dealt with by, by governments and things have been been horrific in some cases. Um, and it's the sort of thing you can imagine that, that, that these drones, as, uh, as they believe them are, would be used for. But then the way they're used in, um, it seems like sort of concerts and tourist places um, yeah. and airports and these are all places that are dangerous now because they, they're gatherings of people um, you know due to covid so it's it's got a, an added layer um, just because of the events of the of the 12 months since it was or you know not to a year or so since it was written well, I think that's... about experts was incredibly prescient Mm. Yeah, there was great lines in this. That does go back really? to 2016 though, doesn't it? That's that's Michael Gove when uh, when every sort of expert and economist and business leader was saying, don't vote for Brexit, he went on TV to say, don't listen to experts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I, I mean, I thought it was political to begin with. 
Um, and then, you know, I'd forgotten about that line in Denise, your point around the water cannon, uh, spot on. It is absolutely a, I've got, you're fine with that, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it, it did feel like um, calling it revolution of the Daleks or revolution of the 3D printed shapes is, uh, is, is too much of a overstatement in my view because uh, A, we've sort of had it before. It was The actual Dalek bit is very much um, revelation of the Daleks where um, Davros' Daleks versus, you know, Destiny of the Daleks' Daleks come and sort of go, you're not impure and we're going to blow you up and whatever. Um, and, and Remembrance and, re- and Resurrection. And I just felt that was too much of a, a, a remix. So, and I've said this before, Chris Chibnall is the, the remix artist that comes along, takes a really good track and makes it into a 15-minute a, a banger. <laughs> and But without the original, there may not be as sort of much stuff there. Um, but I, I would have just have loved it to have said the episode to have been called Your Future is in Safe Hands because that really would have played up to the, mm-hmm. the, the concept a little bit better. And you want to say Revolution of the Daleks for... Well, I mean, Revolution of the Daleks would be... Well, actually, we are. Um, there wasn't time for there to be a revolution, like it were, you know, it were, and and it was all resolved too quickly. And again, I don't mind all that because all the character bit was that's what it was about. I think the other thing that picks up a little bit on revolution, uh, sorry, revelation of the Daleks is the using humans as food, doesn't it? That's the um, yeah, exactly. Sort of taken from there. I felt like visually there was uh, there was some recycling as well. The the Dalek ship hovering over the city is like uh, stolen Earth. It's I not a city. That was lovely though. That girl looking up just to see it though. I thought that was stunningly done. Yeah, it, it's not a city. It's a shopping street in Cardiff. Come on, <laughs> uh, it's the same one. You know, but yes, I agree. Uh, the same way the the Daleks pouring out of the ship is is like the um, Bad Wolf or Parting of the yep. Ways, and That's then it. the Genesis arc. Um, it's the kind of reverse of that. Of, spewing mm. out all the Daleks, the more flying into the TARDIS is a sort of a, a reversal of well, that, isn't it? Well, I mean, still visually absolutely stunning. The, the interior of the Dalek ship, I mean, it was like really quite Art Deco, wasn't it? Kind of a Titanic vibe to it. Yeah. I liked it, you know. It's, it's the best-looking mm. Doctor Who has ever been, right? There's so many qu- sort of quantum jumps in quality, you know, between season one and or sort of series one and series two even, and then it goes from David Tennant to Matt Smith, boom. Matt Smith into Capaldi, boom. Another sort of ray, you know, it's almost like they're using different cameras, you know. And they are using different cameras for this series because we are getting it for the first time in 4K. I don't know when they started recording in 4K, but this is the first time it was in vertical, sort of broadcast. Um, uh, and the, the whole BBC press release going, please, if you're watching on iPlayer, press the red button to switch to 4K. It's like that. That didn't happen. It didn't do anything like that, uh, so I had I watched it norm, sort of normally, and then went back and just tonight rewatched it, and it just looks incredible because it's a very washed out look. It's very filtered. Um, the, they, they're very careful when they go really bright on the colours, the blue and the yellow in the TARDIS, um, but everything else is is a little bit sort of washed out and stuff. But uh, but in detail. It looks it looks great. It looks amazing, and the des- the design you just can't fault. You cannot. I, I personally can't fault anything like that. The title sequence, the music, title music um, redone, the design. Um, they've just just got some inc- incredibly good people working on it, mm-hmm. as always. Yeah, I did like the the three D printing as a as an update to the production line from Power of the Daleks. That was a really really nice touch. Um, just seeing them okay. created like that. That was great. Doing the Genesis of the Daleks incubator scene with money. Yeah. It's lift, it just lifts so much stuff though. Mm. And the gas guns from the movies as well. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I never thought, yes. I, I was still laughing at the water cannon bit. I, I didn't get the, <laughs> the political connection first. I just thought that's funny, that's hilarious. And I was like, how much water do these Daleks have in them? <laughs> when they use that sonic yeah. weapon, did we think we were going to get a Sonic versus Sonic scene? I did. 
<laughs> I thought when they were having a sonic weapon against the protesters, I thought uh, it'd be a yeah. sonic against the doctor using her sonic, but um, I was totally wrong. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, or if uh, if the sonic screwdriver could use to override that and, and use it against them or something. Yeah. Actually, did she use it in this episode? I don't recall. I, can't I don't think she did. It, no. She's still on the present planet. Did she use it on the? Hmm, that's I don't a think good she question, did actually. Because it would have been, they would have nicked it off her in the prison. Yeah, mm. it only just occurred to me. I don't remember recall her using it. That's good because it just tends to be quite a lot in, in any event. So why not? Maybe a pteroleptal stepped on it. Can we talk about the prison scenes a little bit? Yes. Because yes. I think they were very, very well done. And I still want to know what the big fuzzy thing was in the, uh, in the other cage over to the right when she walked in. <laughs> Sort of thought it might be the big monster from Monsters Inc. or something. Maybe he's <laughs> yeah. bad, or perhaps it's a yeti. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking a crinoid yeah. or megalos or um, a vaga plant or something like that. I love the comedy. I love Jodie's delivery of comedy, and I love the I love Chibnall's um, writing of comedy. I think it is just. It, it, it makes me laugh out loud, whereas with the the Moffat era or the Capaldi era, it, um, I thought it was witty and clever, but this is funny. Um, so she's where it's just like, go to the, oh, she sees the silence and goes, oh, I don't remember you before, you know, <laughs> just like that. And the, there was another bit where she's like, um, was it Jack is, is on, the, on the radio to the doctor in the TARDIS and goes, um, there's good news and bad news. And the good news is, Dum -dum 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 -dum. And she goes, can we stop there? Can we just not do the bad news? It's just great. Uh, and they come out the, the time manipulator as well, where they all appear in the TARDIS at the end with Jack, and they all just go, God, that was awful. It's great. It's so I much like fun. when Graham was saying, why should they rescue Robinson? And Robinson just went, money. Yeah, <laughs> made me laugh. That genuinely made me laugh. Good. Yeah, the, the prison stuff was great, like you say. And, and calling the Weeping Angel Angela. Uh, it's, uh, it's a nice yeah. touch and then I'm, I'm sure probably other people have said this as well but the um, the Ood in my head canon is Brian from uh, Brian the Ood from the Time Lord Victoria storyline the uh, the Ood assassin he's teamed up with the Sycorax uh, for, for some kind of new caper Where's good he? Oh, no idea about Time Lord Victorious and I've no, I just can't I don't, uh, don't know when I'll get into that <laughs> But it sounded really good from your from the podcast that you did. So um, it's on my list. But uh, looking forward to the Christopher Ecclestons in the big finishes. If we're going to digress, yes, I've been pre-ordered, and I never pre-order. So you know, oh, I pre-order and then never listen to them. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so this one I will be. This one I I absolutely will be. I've actually caught up. I have caught up with all my big finishes. I'm actually ahead. Good for you. Fantastic. I know. It's almost unheard of. Have you done Masterful? Yes. Okay, cool. I guess that's another episode, Mark, that you're, you're uh, doing. It could be. Uh, I haven't yeah. got any plans, but um, oh. probably be quite a good one to, uh, to discuss. I'll listen to that. Somebody can explain the end to me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about the Doctor doesn't seem to be making any plans to actively escape. Do we, do we think that because she's been there, she says for decades, that she's already exhausted all the, all the plans? Or because She knows she can't eat the bars, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> um, she one, said, my, my one criticism, I think this should have been a two-parter. Because I think everything happens a bit too quickly. And I, mm. I'd, I'd love to see lots of like escape attempts which end with sort of like comic defeat. But then again, I suppose if she's been reflecting about who she is, that would have gone against the nature of her imprisonment, won't it? Yeah, but at the same so, time, she's saying stay strong because there's people waiting for you. But she, her plan just at this point seems to be just to serve out her sentence, um, maybe get some good behaviour, I suppose. But she's not going to get that but, from eating the bars, is she? So it's It's interesting. I think it sort of touches on something that, Obviously, we were talking about when um, when Colin arrived so inexplicably later earlier. <laughs> like, obviously, <laughs> the relativity of time. I mean, 19, 20 years to a Time Lord doesn't really mean that much. I mean, mm. she, she was married to 20, 
to River Song for 25 years and they had 25 blissful years to get there. So, you know, 19 years in prison probably seems like time off for good behavior. I know, but, she was yeah. in for longer. No, yeah, yeah. She, now she knows she's immortal, though she's got nothing to lose. Yeah. She had some thinking to do and she knew, you know, escape wasn't easy and that technically, yes, she was guilty of being her, which is what she said mm. she'd been imprisoned for. And she knew something would turn up eventually, so she decided to just ride it out and use the time. But uh, I think the other yeah. possibility is that that prison is, like, impossible to break out of, right? Because the, the weeping angels or the silence can't manage it. And, and that, in a sense, that's, you know, an impossible, you know, immovable object and, you know, impossible force, all that kind of stuff. But we kind of expect the Doctor, you know, like to escape from the prison cell in Snake Dance Part 3, you know, somehow, you know, or whatever. I can't remember how that happens. Uh, but you'd expect the Doctor to come up with something. Mm -hmm. But um, the most important thing is that Jack Harkness spends 19 years looking for her and figuring out a plan. And I think that is worth the sacrifice in the sort of the doctor's, you know, uh, character and that she would, she hasn't managed to escape yet. She's either too rattled by what happened on Gallifrey, um, to, uh, to, 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 to put like an enormous amount of effort in. It's impossible to break out of, but having Jack rescue her is like awesome. Great job, you know? And, 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 and it's just so nicely done. There's no kind of, there's not much bickering. There's just a bit of banter. You know, you've had, you had work done. Oh, you should talk, you know, uh, great niceness. And he just right. And th there was one thing where he said, like, uh, John Barrowman says something like, um, I, I lost the doctor and I couldn't find him for ages. Uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that was Stephen Moffat. that sort of, you know, that, that did that, you know, that, uh, <laughs> and you couldn't find the doctor. Um, <laughs> But it, it, it's, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just a great return, a proper return, and that he's gone off to Earth now, looking for Gwen, and and also, and I'm riffing now a lot, but he mentions Rose, so there's all these little things popping out that like him and Gwen, oh by the way, Rose, and it's like you know, and Yaz is immediately thinking, as soon as I meet Rose, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna obviously not like her you know <laughs> uh so uh but they, they either they're setting stuff up or they're name dropping or it's just good good background writing and everyone just loves hearing about it but it's i just that captain jack's final scene by telephone was a bit strange though it was only on the second viewing that i realized that it, it clearly was done afterwards because you don't see the doctor speak oh. Um, she's obviously dubbed it on afterwards. He's dubbed it on afterwards um, while she's just sort of moving around the console and Yaz is just standing there. Um, so, yeah, it does seem like there's either a scene was was maybe cut for time or something like that, or they decided to, uh, I guess maybe there was, he had a different exit and then they decided to put him back in Wales with, with <laughs> Gwen and maybe they'll, you know, they'll both pop up in the future. Of um, Torchwood theme music coming in and out of the score throughout the episode. I thought yeah. that was really nice. It'll be I did not. Yeah, that was good. I, I like that. I didn't spot that either, no. I, I, I definitely I... didn't imagine it. I mean, I've watched it twice. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an underlying current, to just a little time good. signature from the, uh, from the theme song tune and the incidental music from Torchwood. So cool. that was good. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Like you were saying that they're... Because, you know, it was a bit of a tabula rasa when Jodie Whittaker took over because they wanted to bring in new audience, obviously, and not be so referential to the Doctor's past the whole time. But now, gradually bringing elements back in again, you know, I think that is very much the right approach. Mm -hmm. And um, there's room for more of it, of course, but we don't want a whole tsunami, do we? No, that's it, because where the new viewers have, have come in, um, the the entirety of the 21st century Doctor who's been available on the iPlayer in the UK for like two, two years now or more. So uh, any new viewers that have come in that get curious, they can go back and they can watch the first 10 series. Uh, so, yeah, it makes sense then to um, you know start putting those references in. Uh, I, I didn't like the way the fam 
weren't even curious about how long, how much time had passed for the doctor. Uh, I agree. Where she'd been, it's, it's slightly put put me off them, and especially the bit with Ryan, where he says, uh, you know, he's being really mardy with it, and uh, and she says, oh. <laughs> All life was wiped out, and he doesn't go. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, or you know, like kind of uh, yeah. express any sympathy. Well, everybody's dead on your home planet. Sounds like yeah. it's like they're it's like they know they're in a science fiction program yeah. where nothing really happens. You know, uh, I mean, like that, that was such an important and striking part of it. You know that they were so casual about it, and I think. Well, I mean, I, I know it's something that. I do as well. I sort of, someone asks me how I am and I tell them and then I forget to ask them how they are and then I feel, then I kick myself later. Oh, well, well, it's you and Ryan then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, they did, they, it didn't occur to them that, you know, she hadn't been just gone five minutes in her own timeline, mm. that it might be something a bit different. It's, it's the reversal of um, the 11th hour, isn't it, where... Um, he leaves Amy Pond behind for um, 12 years or however long it was, but he's only gone five minutes. Mm. Well, it's also um, Aliens of London. Yeah. Where, and and that, that is just one of the best parts of that episode as well, mm-hmm. is, is the impact on people's lives of the Doctor sort of um, pressing a couple of buttons incorrectly or whatever. It, again, that's my whole, again, another little bit of recycling. Done in such a way that it's not a like a science fiction departure. It's, um, you know, so, you know, a uh, friend, friend of the podcast, Brendan, came up with a, like an enormous theory. It was brilliant, brilliant theory about what was going to happen. You should check him out on his YouTube channel. Um, and, and I just replied to him privately and said, no, they're just going to do a Tegan and say, I'm off now. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what happened, but but with, with so much heart to it. And it's like real people... And, uh, you know, we're jumping towards the, the sort of the departure and what we thought of that. But I, I, I just thought it, it's just it, it, Chris Chimlow is writing very human, humanely, humanly or whatever. It's it's not like um, and then they get shoved backwards through time and a raven smashes into them and then they become a TARDIS uh, disguised as a, a 1950s diner in space and go to the end of the it's just no they just decide no I want to I want to do this and I want to do this and I did think it was a little bit of overwriting where that you know Ryan was like okay I'm going to go and it cuts to Graham sort of rubbing his chin going I'm obviously thinking what I should do now you know (laughs) um and Yaz is like no no I'm staying I'm staying I'm staying I love you But what a what a decent sort of normal, kind departure. Um, I think they may build up to something with Yaz's departure in that it's. I, I think I, I'll, I'm going to put money on that when when Mandit decides to go, um, it will be quite a heartbreaker. It will be a little bit, a little bit more meaningful or tragic, um, uh, because it feels like they're building to that. She's more like yes. the, the Rose character who is like, I never want to stop traveling with you, so something yeah. will have to physically stop them or, sp- or split them up rather than it be a choice, maybe. Yes, because both she and Jack are, or have been in love with the Doctor, of course. And, and that's a, that is a spot-on observation because Jack does say, oh, yeah, Rose is trapped in an alternative reality. Mm. And, and Jasmine goes, what, what? Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Mm. Uh, is that how he dumps people, or she dumps people? Mm. You know. So she she's obviously got this, um, obviously you know, obsession with the lifestyle and and the doctor. That's going to build up to something, I think. Um, but I guess as well as the um, sort of heartfelt departures, uh, we've there's a new companion joining. Not a night player. Oh, they have so, not, they've not put it on the iPlayer? No, I watched it yes. on the iPlayer, and it's, it just stops at uh, Doctor Who will return. Um, yes, no, I, I, I had that experience just now re-watching it. I was like, okay, fair enough, um, odd, because a lot of people will be watching on iPlayer. Mm. Um, it's probably on the Doctor Who YouTube channel. Um, but I, I love John Bishop, and he's, he's, he's seems well up for it in his um, Instagram mm. announcement about it. 
So it just feel like I, I, so I love John Bishop. He's a brilliant person and a, and a great comic. Um, but I, I'd be quite happy with just Jody and Mandit. Why not? Why can't we, you know, it, it's, 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 it's pushing so many boundaries and pitting off so many, um, sort of, um, you know, gammon Doctor Who's, uh, <laughs> that, uh, it, you, let's have that, you know, but again, it could be that he's not necessarily a companion full time or a fam. He's cause then it would feel like a bit of a replay of, um, Graham. Um, but certainly doesn't mean he's in the first story. Hmm. I don't think they would have announced it. You might be the new doctor. No, there's no such, there's no such vacancy. Oh, that would that would be a deal breaker for me. I think. Yeah. No. Everything. <laughs> the doctor needs to be played by a woman for the next um, uh, fifty-five years. Frankly. So, that's why. I... Only, only if they are the right actors for the part. I mean. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure there are some good actors, uh, female actors, yeah. out there. Yes, there are. There are a lot of good actors of every gender who could <laughs> who could play the Doctor. Yeah, um, but let's. Yes. But you know, it should be the best person, the best character fit for the part, regardless. But John Bishop, I must admit, I would bulk a little bit uh, if he were the Doctor. Yeah, he's not. So. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance for that. I, I didn't realise he was an actor, to be honest. I, I don't really no, um, I? don't really like him as a comedian very much, um, but I hadn't, hadn't realised that he'd acted. I think the last thing I saw him on, he was doing a chat show, and I only watched the episode where he interviewed Steve Coogan, because I'm a big Steve Coogan fan. Um, so I guess he's, uh, he's, he's you know trying out a few different um, different strings to his bow. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's inter- it'd be interesting to see, like you say, whether he comes in in the first episode or not. Uh, I'm sure if he does, then um, we can look forward to some adventures just with Geordie and Mandip with Big Finish, because uh, it'd be like the Fifth Doctor and Nissa. Um, can there's loads of adventures set between um, uh, Time Flight and Arc of Infinity, isn't there? Yes, and some very good ones as well. Mm. Is Wales actually in lockdown? I think so. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, that's going to affect production, isn't it? So there won't be, they yeah. will not be building now if Wales is in lockdown. No England is and no Scotland is. I don't know about Wales. I think they went in a couple of days earlier. Oh. They, they have sort of figured it out a lot with um, productions and TV series and stuff, haven't they? Because they realised they couldn't just allow everything to ground to a halt. So, mm. like, the cast, the core cast and crew are in a bubble in a hotel. They're regularly tested and... Um, and you know they can they can do it within a self-contained way. I mean, you can do so much with blue screen these days with having the extras somewhere else and all the rest of it. That mm. uh, I think. Um, did you watch that new adaptation of Rebecca, the Daphne du Maurier book? Yes. I think it, they worked in that way. I mean, it was you know it was a decent-sized cast, but mm. they did it using basically a bubble for the cast and crew. Mm. <laughs> and I think in terms of lockdown, I mean, that's assuming that making Doctor Who isn't classed as an essential activity. Which, which you would argue, perhaps it is. Well, I would say <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> I, think, I think between, so I live next door to a film studio. I can literally look out the window and I can see uh, what they're doing and they have cranes um, over the top. Um, and so they, they didn't do anything until August. And then they were filming outdoors um, while we were sort of whatever. I don't think there were tears then, but not in lockdown, but everyone sort of working from home when they can. And they did have that regime. And they've shut down three times. And, you know, one one of the major casts got COVID. And then I think it uh, there's been an accident on set, which is unrelated. But and I think they also shut down again because of COVID. But I don't hear any activity from them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's... Um, but yes, you're right. They do they do test them and uh, they do go ahead because you know what else are we supposed to do in lockdown apart from binge TV? So crack on. We watched the entirety of Doctor Who. <laughs> I have just had the busiest year of my life. You know, I read about other people baking and doing things and going for long walks and getting fit, and I just sit there and think, oh, 
So, yeah. <laughs> I so, haven't yeah. been able to do that. Yeah. I have worked my <laughs> bloody ass off this last year. <laughs> Very strange year, isn't it? Mm. So I, I did think the the resolution of this story was better than uh, resolution in terms of like the Chekhov's microwave in the in the resolution story. You could see coming a mile off. Yeah, yeah. The spare TARDIS in this one was much more deftly done mm. um, because it, I think because it was a holdover from the previous story, um, it was there. You know, more of a, more as a set. That was that was very very well done. I thought as a, as a way of uh, defeating the Daleks at the end. It was, although um, I think we've had a discussion about how now Gallifrey is gone, Tarduses are a very rare commodity now, so, you know... And sentient and alive, so she just murdered something to kill the Daleks. So, you know, how many Tarduses are left in the universe now? I mean, there's the one that was the tree at the end of... um, Yeah. Yeah, so... Whatever um, it was called. (laughs) Yeah, there's the master's Tardis. The end of the time is children, mm. and so I'm sure she'll be back to pick that one up sometime. But yeah, the I one mean, the master and the Cybermen escaped in. I'm um, myself to that. Clara's, Clara's got one, and mm. the Ruth oh, yes, Doctor. Oh, yeah. And the Ruth Doctor has got one, but um, and the yeah, Rani, the Rani. Many got left. One. I mean, presuming the Master survived, he has a TARDIS, mm. but uh, that's a big mm. assume, I think. <laughs> Yeah, well, sorry, maybe they're not sentient until they've been linked with a with a time lord. Maybe the uh, you know symbiotic nuclear hasn't been activated yet. Uh, Mark, your retconning skills are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But also, you, you, she's she's increasing the value of her own TARDIS by getting rid of other ones, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She thinks about selling it to me. Yeah. It's like Goldfinger's plan to irradiate all the gold in um, in Fort Knox so that his own uh, gold collection's worth more. (laughs) 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 No, I do. I I think you're right, Mark. The um, the the conclusion was I didn't see it coming. Again, I thought the whole the whole Dalek bit was all the Dalek stories accelerated. uh, you, you know the lead the lead up to it was interesting and good and uh, again it's a little bit of a repetition of a tech executive gone bad uh, and that is also um, uh, very very prescient throughout mm-hmm. 2020 especially uh, you know as Google and Facebook are being jointly sued by most states in the US for collusion on pricing on online advertising. Right, so it, it it it's it's still a, a real um, theme at the moment. Mm. Um, sorry if this podcast gets published on Google Podcasts, but um, I'm sure they're listening to us right now anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it just felt yeah, no, okay, we had that last time. We had um, Spyfall with a tech company, a tech guy, um, and then we've had another one. Uh, so you know, again. Lots of remixes, lots of reusing, editing, tweak, tweaking slightly. But the whole, the Dalek bit, if this had been a pure Dalek story and it would have been next sort of like 60 minutes and it was just the Dalek kind of bits and less of the character bits, that it would have, I would have, you know, I was stuck with my original rating of like five out of 10. But rewatching it tonight, I thought, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a solid 6.7 or 7. Um, so, uh, it's this. Um, it works because it works because um, overall, all the decent um, conversations between the, char- the main characters, and then and I think uh, I, I, Jack Robertson cause is just. I just think um, again, it's just like I'm just not interested. It's like okay, yes, we know you're supposed to be the Trump character. That's it. You know, I just don't. I don't feel he added anything beyond the sort of UK conspiracy. Um, I think you could have done that with just the, the home secretary character and, um, the, the tech company character, um, <laughs> some names I can't even Isn't remember. That strange? <laughs> I found him more entertaining than some of the regular guys. I thought he was great. I'm not saying he wasn't entertaining. Really watchable. I, I find him watchable and interesting, but I, but I just think it's like you, it's, it's again a cliche of the tech company 
um, gone bad, cliche of the Trump thing, reuse of the Daleks, right, of revelation, remembrance, um, resurrection. It just feels a little bit too samey. Um, but I do like this. <laughs> I'm obviously very shallow. I don't. <laughs> of course, of the um, of the evil tech company. I think going all the way back to the war machines. If you think that, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. prop up. It's like based on secrets. It just happens, you know. And, it, and, and you can't really. I mean, look. This is the the audience is for this is not us because they already have us. The audience is sort of you know nine to ten year olds that are just starting to watch it for the first time um and they will not have gone well i'm you know this is exactly what happened in revelation of the daleks part two 27 (laughs) minutes in like that's okay it's okay it's just from my perspective and that's why i was kind of like cross with it to begin with it's like oh god i'm just watching the same old thing whereas i knew that if i was watching a steve moffat two-parter i would get something that was just a head fuck and I'm fine with that. Um, but it's clear, it, it sets up a bunch of things, it doesn't quite well. And I do like this idea that the Daleks, the Daleks story is, this is part two of Resolution, because it, it's the same kind of concept they do, that it follows on immediately from it. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, but don't force the next one to be like that for the sake of it have something a little bit different to do and make them in it for longer. And don't, and don't do a whole kind of, and then we found another Dalek bit of DNA and then we've built another Dalek and then here it's one Dalek and then they've made more Daleks. Just have the Daleks with a plan. Going back to what you said, Colin, about, you know, the audience should be nine and ten-year-olds. One thing that I was thinking was how much of that this episode really would have engaged younger viewers, do you think? Because a lot of it... A lot of the subtext and a lot of the, um, I mean, the, what happened to Leo being taken over by the Dalek was horrific. Um, do we think that children would have been entertained by this one? Or? Oh, God, yes. Lots of crawly monsters and lots of people being shot that have adored that. <laughs> Completely. Uh, I would have as a kid, that would be the best bit. For a very long time, so I don't know. But. <laughs> it's going to be a long time for me as well. <laughs> I suppose the best Doctor Who is like that, isn't it? You can watch it as a kid and then and then go back to it as an adult and, and pick yeah. up on, um, you know, there's a Pertwee stories and things like that where they've got the you know, ecological message that maybe doesn't resonate as much um, when you're younger. But I suppose it's another thing that with Robertson has more resonance uh, this year, is it, about all the, uh, like, procurement scandals with the government as well, isn't it? I suppose that's his where his place is in there now, it's all sort of uh, been a dodgy deal with the, the Prime Minister-to-be to supply all this stuff. But didn't, yes. she, didn't she persuade him to give it to her for free so that it was an advert as well, you know? Did, <laughs> so yeah. then he could use it as a showcase to sell it to other countries. So. She has, she hasn't just like... Tax shenanigans, yes. Yeah, she mm. hasn't just bunged in so, uh, millions. No, that's a little hint. Hey, Boris, this is how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> If only it had been written, if it had been written up with the events of this year, they could have said something like, you know, the Daleks, co- the Daleks, the, the security drones are our test, test and trace and it works or something <laughs> like that. It was, you know, I, I think uh, that you, you, you guys are right. There's a lot of, a lot of underwrite uh, of writing in those themes to it. Like, um, it, you know, failed PPE contracts going to friends and things like that. Um, I think the thing, I mean, although it's from Resolution and it's, it's kind of a little bit recycled from there, but it's, it's original to Chibnall's Daleks is the mutants being able to take people over. Um, and that's a great, like you say, it's a great creepy thing for kids, isn't it? That is great. It's, it's like the spiders in Planet of the Spiders. It's such a horrible idea of, of something kind of uh, physically engulfing you a bit and, and then taking you over. Um, and it's quite chilling when he's when he's talking to his wife on the phone as well. Um, oh, yeah. But under the, oh, that's and then, excellent, yes. Um, yeah, I agree. It reminded me a bit, the way, the way um, he then repeats it in the Dalek voice, and it's like, love you, bye. It's like... Um, <laughs> That's my ringtone. Now. Do you listen to uh, the Adam Buxton <laughs> podcast? Uh, anybody listen to Adam Buxton? I have done, yeah. I'm way behind on his, though. That's how he signs off his podcast as well. Yes. <laughs> he just goes, love you, bye. <laughs> no. uh, that really made me smile because it reminded me of that. 
Oh, can you imagine if it wasn't John Bishop, it was Adam Buxton. Oh, <laughs> he would such be, a happy bunny, wouldn't he? He would be great, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see him crop up in the crystal maze sometimes. There's a head in a jar usually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Didn't they, they used to take the piss out of that, didn't they, with um, the Adam and Joe show? Did you guys ever see the Adam and Joe show? I can't yes. remember it, but I, I did used to love it. Because <laughs> mm. they just, they, they put, yeah, it was just Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, this is your life, Mark. It's like Star Wars toys in a, in a crystal maze setting. Uh, just have them <laughs> trying to manage, manage the crystal maze. And um, the, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's always drunk and stuff like that. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, his, um, is it a digression? His uh, autobiography, he recorded it as an audio book. It was on Radio 4. It might still be on the Sounds app, but it's okay. very good, very entertaining, very interesting. At school, of course, with Joe Cornish and with Louis Theroux. So yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So they talk. He talks about that quite a bit in the book. Yeah, and they uh, sometimes they they get those three on his podcast together, um, <laughs> and uh, just that thing that they obviously know each other since they were kids, so they just take the piss out of each other and uh, make each other laugh. It's good. They used to have that brilliant radio show on Six Music as well. Yeah. yeah. So, what do we think of the fam leaving at the end? Then lovely, very very well done. Because I, I just sat there thinking, where's Murray Gold? I need Murray Gold. It just felt like <laughs> it didn't get me at all. I, I was totally unmoved by it. It was the worst bit of the episode for me. I just thought, oh, because it had been built up. Jodie had said it was like heart-rending. And like, uh, I was expecting, oh, my God, it's going to be so emotional. And it, it just didn't get me. I don't know if I was just not in the mood or what. But it just, I um, watched it again today and suddenly thought, it's the music. It needs strings. It needs Murray Gold. It needs choirs in the background. It just... I've no. never disagreed with anyone more about anything. Wait, you're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I'm just, like, Murray Gold writes incredible themes. It really beautiful, incredible, energising themes, like the Twelfth Doctor theme, when that kicks in, is amazing. Um, whereas Sagan Akinola writes um, atmosphere when he needs to and when it's appropriate. But... Yep. So, so I, just, I, just, I love it, but just that one moment, I thought, "Oh, this isn't quite grabbing me." So, so one one little story is about film music. Is at the end of Planet of the Apes, and spoiler alert, um, when Charlton Heston is on the beach looking up at the the statue, um, Jerry Goldsmith said, "I can't score this. Um, that's all you need. That's all you need. You don't need to have some like thing because you know what's happening and you know that's the end of the film and you know how to feel. You don't need to say anything like that. You know, words to that effect. But he just went. I think he just doesn't like Charlton Heston's overacting. Sort of did it all for me. Um, so there, there are times not to have music where I think it punctuates it even better. And I, the bit that replaced the music for me was the um, the. The, the, it being filmed from underneath them, looking up at their faces, looking down, like a festival, you know, where people put the camera on the floor and they, they take a photo upwards when they're all together at a festival or something like that. I thought that nailed it. Yeah, it didn't get so me did, it's so strange. expression as she says, goodbye, fam, she looks so devastated. And that's the right doctor. Like, the, And it's yeah. such a contrast to Capaldi. It's like, um, you know, Clara, don't do hugging, but you can't see your face. Um, whereas this, it's... Uh, it's like oh, the doctor's like, I want to hug, please. Thank you very much. It's, yeah, it's yeah. decent. It's it's really really decent. And um, um, I remember hugs. They were nice. Yes. Yes. I was <laughs> the best bit of COVID is avoiding them. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing Keith disagrees about. <laughs> I think one one thing that sort of I feel like he's creeping back in this era, which I was enjoying about it, where the um, Tribner wasn't really doing those elevator speeches, you know, that came in with more probably sort of David Tennant, you know, like the sort of Voyage of the Damned, you know, I'm the Doctor, I'm from Gallifrey and the Constellation of Casturbus and all that sort of stuff. And, and it, it, it just, those bits just feel so uh, unnatural and like they're for the trailer. Um, but there's like three of them in this because you've got Jack Harkness going, um, I'm Jack Harkness and I'm immortal. And the doctor says, I'm the doctor and I defeat the Daleks. And then at the end, uh, even Ryan, when the, when he's trying to ride his bike and he says the thing about yeah, uh, me and my mates and we, uh, you know, we defeat the spiders and all that kind of stuff, um, which, yeah, I just I just never like those. And uh, obviously your mileage may vary on that, but they're, no, they're, no, they're I agree. probably creeping back in. 
I think it. I think it. Bre- I think it breaks the fourth wall a le- little bit. Um, I'm glad don't do that in real life. Mm. No, I don't walk into the office and go, "Hello, I'm Colin Neal, and I'm <laughs> very good at workforce planning and um, purchase orders, whatever." You know, it's like who? That's like reading. That's like reading LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so names to knees, and I really, really need a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is it. We should all do our own sort of uh, videos of that, like being dramatic, announcing yourselves when you're doing something min- mundane. It's like the uh, the introduction videos for the apprentice candidates or something as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what's put me off them. Um, and speaking of sort of announcing yourself, well, I didn't think um, calling the the bronze Daleks, the SAS Daleks, was a particularly good analogy. Like the SAS sort of sneak in behind enemy lines. You never know they're there. They don't arrive and go, "This is the SAS. <laughs> we are in control." <laughs> <laughs> they're Marines, I guess. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't think it's particularly good warfare to hmm. to announce yourself particularly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I did and again, the, like the, the the shiny iPod Daleks versus the gold. Daleks were just like, we don't like you. We don't like you either. Let's shoot each other on Hammersmith Bridge. Thank you very much and good night. And that's it. That's all that happened. Again, the Daleks weren't the point of this episode. I was confused some... why clones would be that different as well. If it was sort of like a revelation where it was like converted people, but if they're clones and they're just eating a few folks, what, would they be that different? I liked the idea of the, the scout Dalek at the end saying, hey, I'm, I'm more like you i originally came to check out this planet i've learned a whole bunch of stuff uh, uh, but they but they still destroy it because they're nazis you know mm. so um i think they they were jealous of his outfit <laughs> spot on that's absolutely it we do not like your clothing it's quite jarring saved a helmet is no good <laughs> It's a little bit jarring coming off the back of um, Time Lord Victorious, which I know you guys haven't, uh, you know, consumed. But the um, and uh, and this maybe is a spoiler for the second book. But there's a big theme of the Daleks collecting species to change their own DNA to enhance it and make it stronger and stuff as well. Uh, but I think it's kind of a different different epoch That's of like the Daleks the, in that. It's a bit like the Borg. Mm. I like that idea. Yeah. I might try it. Uh, it's good. Yeah, no, thank you for summing up. Like, thank you for summarising Time, Vo- Time Lord Victoria's The Good Bits uh, <laughs> out of all 200 releases. Uh, I'm sure it's great. I just don't have time. Did we like Force that- Ghost Grace at the end? Good point about Grace. Uh, I, when I, on the first viewing, I thought, you've overdone it now. Uh, you, you don't quite need to do it all the time. On second viewing, I thought, yeah, no, that's that's closure for them, and she's still looking over them. But you didn't need to do it because you've done it so many times. You've done it so many times. Don't. It just it just felt like the arc story of those three was like start trying to ride a bike at the start, trying to ride a bike at the end, Grace at the beginning, Grace in the middle, Grace in the end. Um, and, and it's like, and, and that's just what defines them. Um, I just felt like it's, they, they, you actually put a, perhaps would have been a bit more poignant if they, if they'd done it completely without grace showing up, because that would show that they've moved on. They got used to their lives, but I don't think it's a bad, um, choice at all. I just think eh, maybe, maybe not perhaps overdone it a bit. What about you guys? I can see both sides. I think, um, yes, I mean, I'm not that kind of sentimental, believing in ghosts kind of a person. And you're right, it would have been nice for them to be just like two lads making their way on their own now. You know, he calls him granddad and uh, they've bonded and and hopefully moved on. But uh, on the other hand, it is important to remember people who, who we've lost. So, yeah. It seemed like they both saw us, so it was maybe it was the solid tract projecting her or, or projecting her essence in some way, um, you know, more so than a than a ghost. Yeah, I don't mind Graham seeing her because he sees ghosts because he did the villa as well. But uh, for them both to see her sort of makes her an actual ghost. Mm. 
Oh yeah, I forgot oh. he saw the ghosts in the in the villa, didn't he? And and he yeah. and he, he also talked to Grace in when he went home in the Arachnids in the UK. He did. He could show up. He could have a guest spot in the BBC sitcom Ghosts. I was thinking Big Finish, Ghost Hunting with Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how cool is Ghosts? I mean, I absolutely love that show. Brilliant. I love it. I've not seen it. Oh, it's, it's really good. Uh, you know, most, well, most modern sitcoms leave me absolutely cold because I've got nothing in common with any of the characters at all, but this one <laughs> yes. hits the spot for me, you know, so. There you go. We've got a nice Christmas special as well for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was so good. I did appreciate the fact that they've um, given um, the Ruth Doctor a bit of a break. Um, I felt like, you know, there's like, and of course the fan base were like, oh, maybe she'll show up or maybe she'll show up. No, when she comes back, make it epic and make it about her. I think the Timeless Children uh, piece was fine, but I mean, look, I think there should be just entire episodes just about um, Joe Martin's Doctor. Oh, God, yes, I'm totally obsessed with com- com- it. Mm-hmm. Again and again. Yeah. I, I like that very much, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, and just like one week it's her and another week it's Jodie and they continue around uh, and then eventually meet up or something like that. But I, I just, I was pleased that it's like, don't throw everything at it just yet. Don't, mm-hmm. You know, you've had Jack um, and we've got Grace coming back, but let's leave Joe Martin to do some something spectacular and clever and uh, well, seen- well something like the key to time I mean it's like the two of them looking for the segments yeah yeah. I keep checking the Eagle Moss website every day because the next figure they're releasing is the uh, Fugitive Doctor I just oh, can't brilliant. wait oh, cool. I literally check every day to see if it's been released yeah. yet <laughs> I wonder if that was because um, there was all sorts of speculation before this episode about like you say whether Joe Martin's Doctor would be in it whether Davros would be in it um, and I guess it maybe is because of sort of echoes of when they did Fugitive of the Jadoon, um, it, you know, it seemed like Jack was going to be the big reveal. Then there was the even bigger reveal, whether that was the sort of thinking this time, well, they've told us that, that Jack's back, so there must be something more bigger behind that. Um, and, you know, in this case, there wasn't in terms of, of any anybody returning anyway, you know, there wasn't, um, I guess the Bronze Daleks, but that's maybe not as... Big revelation. No, that's... Yeah, and if you hadn't seen John Barrowman's photo, then you, you'd probably like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, they came back as well. I, I think Chris Chibnall is a, a good strategist. I think he's a good planner. I think he knows what he wants to do. Uh, I think he knows exactly what episodes are going to happen where, what the beats of these things are. Like, knowing, here are the things I want to go and do. I want to do this here and this year, and uh, this is my five-year plan. Um and that he'll know when to sort of dial bits up and dial bits back and hold stuff back and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's just a, you know, some of the the surrounding plot is a is a continue, is a, a lot of reuse of stuff, but it's still very good fun. There has been the rumours this week um, about Jodie Whittaker leaving, which um, I guess we all hope isn't isn't true. Completely. Completely. There's, it's, it's, it's. I get. I mean, the Mirror ran it on the front page. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's on the front page of the, the Mirror. The Express have a massive uh, page inside as well, like a whole um, page devoted to her on the same day. Um, not that I buy it. I was visiting my mother, and um, she gets it. And um, yeah, so it's fairly well pushed. Right. Because this, I guess, it usually is at the beginning of a Doctor's final series. But it's normally announced, isn't it, I suppose? You know, I've got this theory that um, they may try and really, really spring it on us. Mm. It's never been done, has it? I don't, I don't think so. You'd have to, be, you'd have to do, almost film it in real time mm. or, do it, or, not, or do it live even. Mm. And you just roll up. Because like, I, I almost got away with not knowing about Tom Baker in The Day of the Doctor um uh until he dropped it accidentally on stage at XL uh and then I suddenly read it on Twitter or something like that as a result but I and, that, and you know that was like driving him up to um Cardiff overnight and, and what have you and keeping it in in complete secret so when that did happen it was 
almost, you know, pretty shocking and, uh, and, and stuff. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it would be nice to, you know, to be, to live in a world where, when you're watching TV of stuff where you can be surprised. Um, and I think they do a pretty good job of keeping the lid on things in, in mm. the Chris Chibnall era. Um, but it's like, you know, John Sim in the trailer for series, tw- uh, series 10. Keep that secret, guys. That's I know so we are need- in retrospect, doesn't it? Because like nobody knew. <laughs> it's like it hasn't got out at all. So yeah. why they did that is such a shame. Yeah, and I, I mean, the good news is I'd forgotten. Uh, so when it did ha- when it did happen, I was like, oh, okay. But it's like you know, with the you know, if you can keep the Game of Thrones stuff secret mm. these days, um, then why not keep? Let's see if you can keep a bit of casting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and they kept. I mean, Joe Martin is the Doctor, and she was kept a secret, right? Yeah. So you can do it. And the Mandalorians <laughs> think, just you know, sprung a big one as well, haven't they? Yeah. That wasn't leaked. Who has? The Mandalorian uh, season finale. Yes, I was. I, I uh, was late watching that. So um, the character in question uh, did mention it on Twitter. Uh, um, okay. I was like, oh, okay, that's my own fault for not watching week by week and just sort of binge watching at the end. <laughs> so whatever. Um, but uh, it's it's. Uh, it would be nice. It would be nice just to sort of go, oh my god! Because I mean that that was the that was the play at the end of the, uh, the journey's end. I think mm. was it? Yeah, uh, the, the stolen earth. That was it. Uh, and everyone's like, oh my god, he's going to regenerate. We, no one knew. It didn't leak to the papers. Oh, it isn't happening. Yeah. So <laughs> excellent. Well, good chat. Yes, thank you very very much for joining me, everyone. That's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, and me too. Always lovely to come back and talk the more who. I will put all your Twitter handles in the show notes where everyone can find you. <laughs> Pull them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for everyone listening at home. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Love you.